the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. From our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Seasoned expert on race, religion, relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Phone lines are open now, 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your uh, computer or your smartphone watching me on Facebook Live, thanks a lot for tuning in. At Anderson Speaks is my handle there, or just type in Dr. David Anderson and you'll get me. Uh, and, of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA 105.1 FM right here in Arlington, Virginia, covering all of Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. And of course, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. And you can say it with me if you're not new. Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone-In Fridays. But today, it's uh, Wisdom Wednesday. It's a special day because really it's that day where uh, we really are remembering uh, and commemorating the life and the unfortunate death, of course, of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, April 4th, 50 years ago. Uh, today uh, is the anniversary of his assassination, if you want to call it that. But uh, I want to talk to you about Dr. King. I want to reflect and have a conversation with a good friend of mine. Uh, who, uh, you know, I think has some thoughtful ways of talking about the kingdom of God, the beloved community, and also the, uh, you know, the, the call of king and other uh, prophets throughout the years. And so in just a minute, I'm going to uh, bring on Brian McLaren. Of course, before we have that conversation with Brian, I'm going to uh, say a word of prayer, give you our information. If you want to join the conversation, I may share Brian with you. But uh, you may just want to listen to the conversation as well. Our number live in studio is 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's bow forward a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to have robust conversations about these things that truly do matter to your heart and to justice. We do pray that you uh, just cover the conversation today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Together, everyone said amen and amen. A couple other ways to get a hold of us, andersonspeaks.com. That's andersonspeaks.com. Or you can always go to embracegracism.com. 
learn what it means to be not a racist, but a gracist, which is God's solution, really, to racism, is uh, extending favor to others regardless of, sometimes even because of, their color, class, or culture. Learn more about that by going to EmbraceGracism.com. Now today, Brian McLaren, author and speaker, activist, public theologian, uh, all-around good guy and friend of mine, uh, is on with us today. He graduated from the University of Maryland with degrees in English. He helped plant Cedar Ridge Community Church near Silver Spring, Maryland. He uh, has written many books like The Secret Message of Jesus, A New Kind of Christianity, The Great Spiritual Migration, How the World's Largest Religion is Seeking a Better Way to Be Christian. Brian McLaren, how in the world are you, my friend? I am very, very happy to be with you and very honored <laughs> to be talking about this important topic today. Well, you know, we don't get a chance to talk too much these days, but when I was thinking about Martin Luther King and just his legacy, uh, you know, you came to mind because, you know, you talk about, Brian, uh, when we get saved, when we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, it's not just about life after death, but it really is how do we have the kingdom of heaven on earth. Uh, tell us what Dr. King meant to you. Well, you know, uh, David, I, I grew up in a, uh, a Christian home, uh, I, and I'm white. My parents, uh, you know, were, were in all-white uh, churches. And, in fact, I'm old enough. I'm 62 uh, this year. Wow. I, I, in the Washington, D.C. area, the first church I remember was a segregated church. Mm. If, uh, if a person of color uh, came to that church, some very polite uh, white men in suits and ties would very politely say, you're not welcome here. Wow. <laughs> That's the way they would say it is. Oh. There's a church, uh, they give them the name of a church of our little denomination and say, here's uh, one for colored people. Here, you can go so, there. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that, that's, mm. in my, that's in my lifetime. Mm. And my parents were against this, and, uh, and uh, I remember hearing them talk about how disturbed they were by the uh, obviously racist attitudes of these Christians. And I had a, a, an event, I, it's hard for me to talk about, uh, but it, it occurred actually a couple of days after Dr. King was killed that had a formative influence on me. And what happened was I was visiting my grandfather, who was a missionary in Angola, Africa, for 40 years. So mm. imagine a guy born in Scotland who spent 40 years of his life living in Africa. Um, then he had come back to the United States. He was had a stroke, and we were visiting him. Mm. And we he was in a wheelchair. He was still – his speech was slurred. We took him to a restaurant, and uh, on the black and white TV on the wall, they were showing scenes of the riots after uh, Dr. King was killed. Mm. And my grandfather, who is a, you know, a man of God that we all respected, said, I'm glad they got that communist devil. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I was only 12 years old, but I must have said something because I then remember – a stern lecture from my grandfather, and he huh. spouted uh, the, a lot of stuff that people have never even heard of now, but that was standard fare in the, uh, a majority of white churches back in the 1950s and 60s about something called the curse of ham, which was not a curse of poor products and so on. Right, right. And, um, and what I came to realize that day was that here my grandfather, who was a white 
man, a Christian, who read his Bible and was a preacher and a missionary and made enormous sacrifices and all the rest, uh, harbored these racist attitudes. And, I, mm. you know, for a 12-year-old boy, that's hard to process. It was really one of my first times in my life of realizing that someone in my family, someone of my race, someone of my religion could be so very wrong. Hmm. And I, uh, as a boy, my, my dad would force us to watch Walter Cronkite on the news. So all through my growing up years, Dr. King was on the news. And it was obvious to me that here was a, a man who was speaking for what was right. And yet, my religious community didn't recognize it. Wow. Well, when we get back from our commercial break, I want to ask you about his legacy and even his memory if he's been whitewashed because he was one of the most hated men in America, it seems like, back at that time. But when we get back, I want to get your reflections on that. Friends, you're listening to, you're tuned into Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson with my special guest, Brian McLaren. Multicultural Ministry Handbook. What is multicultural ministry? How does it affect me? Why is it important? If you want to know the answers to these and many other questions, then the Multicultural Ministry Handbook is a must read. This story was modeled on the pioneering planting of Bridgeway Community Church, where founding pastor Dr. David Anderson had the vision for a dynamic, diverse, grace filled place. Authored by a group of folks who've been doing ministry together for many years, this book is a testimony of personal journeys and practical ideas for any church with the desire to do life as God would have us do it. The Multicultural Ministry Handbook, published by InterVarsity Press, can be purchased at your local bookstore, Amazon.com, or Andersonspeaks.com. into your basement and there was that smell you weren't quite sure what it was mold mildew cracks or blistered paint in your walls well listen you need to call best buy waterproofing they'll come by give you a free inspection and they'll let you know is it water wreaking havoc on the foundation of your home they have more than 30 years of experience and they're ready to give you and all my listeners a free basement inspection all you got to do is give them a call 844 980-3707. One more time, here's the number, 844-980-3707, or check them out at bestbuywaterproofing.com. And by the way, if you do business with them, they'll donate $500 to support my radio ministry. So give them a call, Best Buy Waterproofing. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. You can call our hotline at any time at 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. To watch us on Facebook Live or to check out our previous broadcasts, visit Dr. Anderson's public Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. 
To join our text community and receive a free weekly textspiration from Dr. Anderson, just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And we're back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We are talking today with Brian McLaren. He's a, a author, a speaker, an all-around great guy and a friend, but most of all, one who's dropping pearls of wisdom as we're talking about today. Dr. Martin Luther King commemorating 50 years since he was assassinated, unfortunately, uh, when he was uh, trying to build these bridges uh, in this poor people's campaign. Many people will remember it. Uh, the great work that he was trying to do. Uh, Brian McLaren, you've written many books. You've talked, uh, even as a prophet, you were a pastor, but oftentimes a prophet to the Christian church. Uh, but you're talking first about your your personal experience being 12 years old and hearing your family, loving family members say negative things about Dr. King. You know, at the time of his death, he was probably one of the most hated men in America in America, but today we honor him, including making his birthday a national holiday. Has his memory been whitewashed, as some have suggested? You know, uh, sad, sad to say it has. What what often happens, I think, David, is that uh, you have a prophet who launches a movement, and then uh, people turn that movement into a monument, hmm. and uh, and and very often, you know, they'll, they'll honor the name. Uh, just as Jesus said, they honor the tombs of the prophets, mm. uh, but they're they're the descendants of the ones who actually killed the prophets. And and when in Dr. King's later years, he was deeply hated because he had started by standing up for civil rights, opposing desegregation, and challenging uh, white uh, people, especially white Christians, on the level of scripture and their conscience to recognize the equality of all human beings. But then he went on to, to identify broader evils in society that he realized were, today we would say intersectional, but, but mm. were related to racism and couldn't be extracted from racism. And he talked about the danger of militarism, and he spoke out, was one of the uh, most courageous voices uh, speaking out against the Vietnam War. And he spoke uh, out against uh, inequality, and in fact, when he died, uh, he was planning uh, a huge march on Washington that was about poverty, and he saw that in many ways uh, white, poor whites and poor uh, black people had been pitted against each other when right. really they were both struggling with the same forces of mm. uh, poverty. Hmm. You know, Dr. John Perkins once said uh, his greatest regret is that uh, he didn't give more attention to poor whites. Uh, and realizing that they had been pitted against one another. But as he looks back and reflects over his life, I think that's the one thing he said he wished he would have done more of. Now we see this division uh, between uh, poor whites and, and maybe poor black, but now we've kind of seen a voice kind of step forward to say, hey, listen, there really is a voice for middle America, whether true or not. Our last election showed us that these these folks are alive, they're well, and they need hope, too. Uh, how have you reconciled seeing sort of middle America and red state America sort of rise up to say, hello, we're here too, and everybody forgot about us, and hello, Democrats, where are you? <laughs> I mean, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. How have you reflected on this? 
question uh, for me, David. I, I lived in the D.C. area most of my life, and now I live in Florida, so I'm in a very different context. And mm. um, I, I'm around a lot of rich white people who uh, who hated President Obama and who at best would give lip service to Dr. King. And I have to say their animus in the last election w- was largely racial. And mm. and one of the characteristics of whiteness is that white people are taught very often to be afraid, to be afraid of the other, to be afraid of what's different. Mm. And so uh, I think a lot of them were suffering from that. But I travel all over the country. I, a couple months ago, I landed in Pittsburgh and had to drive along the Ohio River down into West Virginia. Mm. And I drove by, I, I cannot even guess how many, probably millions of square feet of empty steel factories. Mm. And I thought to myself, some wealthy executive in an office somewhere decided to ship, uh, you know, to buy steel overseas and to, to, sh- to, uh, uh, to you know, shut down those, uh, those steel plants. Right. And they did it for all kinds of good economic reasons. But then tens and hundreds of thousands of people were left without work. Right. And um, when you think of you realize that that is a cause that's going to have an effect. Yeah. <laughs> and the effect of that over hundreds of thousands and millions of people is going to be an awful lot of suffering. Yeah. And that's the, that's a reality across middle America. But then it gets blamed on uh, immigrants and minorities. <laughs> it's ridiculous that that happens. Another sign of how much Dr. King's work is in our hands to do now because uh, it, that, that fits into all kinds of racist uh, explanations. Um, exactly as you say. The irony is, you know, far more jobs are lost due to automation than, uh, or to the jobs being shipped overseas than to immigrants. In fact, I just heard on the radio today that they estimate in one year we will have a shortage of workers. <laughs> mm. So, uh, so you know, the, yeah, these old, these old deep-seated uh, racial misconceptions, which sadly, you know, Christian leaders like you and I have to admit, were were justified in many people's minds using the Bible. They're, they're so deep-seated. In fact, the last years of Dr. King's life, I remember when I read a few biographies about him, he, he, he kept seeing, oh, this problem is deeper than I, I realized. It's even deeper than I realized. Mm. And as you say, the result was that he was one of the most hated men in America. The words of my grandfather were a testimony to that. And, and misunderstood, too. Mm. You know, uh, using race sometimes people think it's unacceptable to talk about race and so you know my grandfather called him a communist mm. uh, and that was that was a very big thing when i was a boy huh. to use a term like communist to uh to uh, as as a way to insult somebody uh and cover up the other real reasons people mm. against them i had one guy call my show said that he uh, led the kkk for a while on the uh, eastern shore of maryland and uh, he said when he was growing up, he uh, saw King on the television, and his father would say, look at that guy, he's such a troublemaker. And so in his mind, King was a troublemaker, and was a, and, he yes. said, and his father said, there's always violence around him. Look, there's always violence around him. And so he literally grew up with a completely different understanding of who King was based on what he heard from his family. You think that was pretty well, prevalent? You know Oh, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And in fact, uh, 
if you are part of an unjust system, it, it, let me say it this way. If you're Pharaoh and you're running Egypt by enslaving people to build your pyramids and somebody like Moses comes along, you're going to see Moses as a troublemaker. Mm. <laughs> He's a disruptor. Oh. Uh, and, and this is one of the most audacious claims of the, new, uh, of the Bible, it seems to me, that um, it comes to us in the book of Exodus, that God hears the cries of the oppressed huh. and that God is willing to upset the pyramid of power uh, on, on, on behalf of the people who are most threatened. And so that's why Richard Nixon picked up that theme of law and order, mm. and then Ronald Reagan picked it up, and of course Donald Trump has picked it up. Mm. And that term law and order becomes for an awful lot of people, sometimes without them even knowing it, a way to say, don't complain about injustice, don't complain about oppression, just let it go on and keep the peace. Wow, how about that? Amazing. Well, if you want to join the conversation, you can. Give me a call at 888-432-7434. That is my number live in studio. If you have a question for me or for Brian uh, McLaren, you're welcome to join in. 888-43-BRIDGE. Hey, Brian, what issues do you think Dr. King would care about today if he were living? Well, you know, those last few years of his life, he talked about the dangers of racism, militarism, and um, and his work with capitalism. Yeah. And by that, he meant a carelessness about uh, the, gap, the widening gap between rich and poor. Mm. I, I think he would address those issues today. I think he would also probably... Uh, see the need to be concerned about the environment because obviously if the environment that we care about is threatened uh, then every other social problem is going to be intensified uh, Jim Wallace says in, the environment isn't an issue it's the context in which every other issue takes place mm. and uh, so I think Dr. King would, would be grappling uh, with those issues but I also think he would uh, he would be as motivated for us to uh, to care about the issue of racism and to bring the kind of grace that you talk about, uh, David, to bear. Uh, you know, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina a couple of years ago, and they told me that the school system of Charlotte is more segregated now than it was in 1968. Really? Uh, and there are many places in the country like that. Uh, and the sad truth is, Dr. King said back in the 1960s that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated mm. hour in America, that our churches voluntarily have segregated. And yeah. this is why, you know, your work in challenging people to 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 build congregations, it doesn't happen by accident. We, no. have, to, we have to have the skills that you and others are teaching people about. Uh, over 90% of our churches are still monoracial. And so I think Dr. King would have a lot to say about that today. Do you think that uh, we are growing in our multi-ethnic churches, or do you think more of them are coming online now because of works, you know, like mine over the last 20 years and many others that you know about now? Do you think it's actually having an effect on Christianity, or do you still think it's just really some pockets of key leaders that are doing it, but at the end of the day, it's not really uh, moving the needle? You know, uh, if I if I'm really honest, I, I I would I would say a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't think we're making numerical progress. I don't think the statistics are better. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in the last election, the fact that 81 percent of evangelicals and between 50 and 65 percent of mainline Protestants and 
and uh, Roman Catholics, uh, you know, voted for Donald Trump for whatever reason. They didn't care about all of the racial dimensions of his message. Hmm. Um, uh, the fact that that's the case tells me that we have a whole lot of work to do. Hmm. Um, but the existence of congregations like yours, and I think of Middle Church in New York City, led by my dear friend, uh, Reverend uh, Jackie Lewis, and uh, and more and more congregations around the country, the existence of these congregations becomes an, an ever more important witness, I think. Mm. Uh, and I, I think we can all hope and pray that, well, remember how Dr. King said he dreamed of the day when his child would play with a, mm. a little black child, could play with a little white child. And I think we should say, we should dream of the day when black, white, brown, you know, all different races uh, are praying together and mm. worshiping together and studying together and learning together. Mm. Uh, that That's a day we should pray for and work for, just as you're so beautifully doing. Wow, how important would that be? And how impactful it would be then when these other issues take place in society. If your kids are praying and playing with my kids and, and we're doing life together, it's got to influence the way you think about these matters. When we come back from the commercial break, I want to talk to you about the last election and what you think about uh, the uh, many of the evangelicals who have voted uh, for President Trump and where we think that's going in the future. Hey, we're coming back in just three minutes. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Spring is here and the cherry trees are blooming in Washington, D.C. One place you won't want to miss this season is the newest museum in the heart of our nation's capital, Museum of the Bible. You and your family will be immersed in the history, stories, and impact of the Bible. See a Gutenberg press replica and take a walk through a recreated first century village. Learn about the Bible's influence throughout the world and take flight on Washington Revelations to discover places throughout the city that have biblical inscriptions. Go to museumofthebible.org. That's museumofthebible.org. John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith. Surrendering your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. And my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well. Order your copy of author John Van Pay's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at barnesandnoble.com. Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call CentOS. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, we'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how CentOS can help you get ready for the workday. Visit CentOS.com. 
from the creators of the case for Christ. All these years, this church has been here. Now it's the crime scene. The church has brought nothing but controversy to the school for years. When we are divided, we must remember what we stand for. We cannot respond to hate with more hate. For God's not dead. In the darkness, we are called to be the light. Without grace is our goal, which is fighting. God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, starring David A.R. White and John Corbett. Now playing. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Go to godsnotdead.com. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you know today's candidates want perks they can enjoy every day. Give them the healthy, active office culture they're looking for with Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button, and it assembles in under five minutes. To learn more about the ProDesk 60 Electric, visit veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com radio. back it's real talk Thank with dr david anderson and uh, i've got today uh brian mclaren hanging out with me on this wisdom wednesday here in uh washington dc i'm here brian is in florida if you're just joining us maybe just getting in the car we've been talking about reflecting on having a conversation with brian mclaren prolific author and activist on Dr. Martin Luther King and the assassination 50 years ago, just commemorating his life and his his legacy. Uh, you know what, Brian? I want to pause, take a quick phone call, and then uh, come back to you with a couple questions about Dr. King. Let's go to Anonymous in Alexandria, Virginia. Hi, Anonymous. How are you today? Anonymous, are you there? Uh, yes. Hello, Dr. Anderson. Hello. What's your comment or question quickly, please? Um, I am a white evangelical Christian, and in the 2016 election, mm -hmm. I did not see a choice between a righteous candidate and an unrighteous candidate. Mm. They were both unrighteous. Okay. But the Clinton political machine is the most corrupt political machine in America since Tammany Hall, and somebody's got to break it. Mm. Since Donald Trump was willing to take on that task, unrighteous though he is, I accept his flaws, but gave him my vote so your vote was more about not getting in clinton than it was because you were for trump you saw it was the best of the two choices is that what i'm hearing anonymous yes it is uh-huh oh, thank you for your comment i want to let brian respond to that i'll let you go and listen on the air uh, brian a lot of a lot of folk may feel like anonymous from alexandria virginia they almost felt like they didn't have a choice if they didn't like hillary what do you think well, first of all, I really am grateful that Anonymous called in and expressed his opinion um, and, uh, and his honest, uh, the, the honest way he felt. What I would encourage him and other people to think about, I wouldn't want to argue with him right now about who they voted for. Right. But I'd want him to realize that if 81% of evangelicals made that vote, and by the way, the figure is about the same for the number of evangelicals who now say they actually approve. So he's in a very small minority of people who voted for Trump, but 
don't approve of him, of what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, most evangelical white evangelicals who voted for him approve of his presidency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not the same as sort of holding the nose. But if if you can look at that statistic and then look at the statistic that a much higher percentage of African American evangelicals and Latino evangelicals made the opposite decision. They they said whatever the problems are with Clinton. Um, the problems we see with Trump, especially relating to the way that he is ready to throw people of color out of the country or under the bus or whatever, they they, they were sensitive to the racist dimensions of his speech. Mm-hmm. And um, and so all I would encourage a, per- a person like that to, to do is to ponder that for a little while and realize that one of the reasons that that, that choice was so obvious for Anonymous to make is that Anonymous is white. Mm. And if he weren't white, things would be different. Mm. And this is one of the special challenges for white people who huh. are Christians. I think of Philippians chapter 2, in my mind, one of the most, uh, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite chapter, but yeah. it's one of the most powerful chapters in the New Testament. And it says that, that we should have the attitude or mind of Christ, and we should not seek our own interests but, but mm. the interests of others. Mm. And what that says, especially to people in the majority, is that we should be as attuned as we possibly to things from our own perspective and our own mm. interests, but also to the interests of others. So it's almost that like is, looking to I, the other person and saying, wow, he's a Christian too, and a lot of people that look like him is a Christian and look like her are Christians, and yet they're voting for this other candidate, but we have the same spiritual values. Why so different? And what you're saying is the major reason why is race. Yes. I think so. I, I would say two things. Major reasons are race and where people get their news. Mm. Um, because if people get all of their news from uh, you know, certain channels, Fox News would be one of them, or certain radio talk shows, Rush Limbaugh or whoever, mm-hmm. they're only going to hear one side of the story that's going to be kind of an echo chamber of reinforcement. Mm. And, and uh, so for a whole lot of people who only ever hear one side of the story, uh, and, and the only time they hear the other side of the story is when people on their side are mocking it or discrediting it. Uh, right, right, right. You know, then none of us are very well informed. And, again, this brings to mind a, a passage from James that talks about the wisdom from God. It, the wisdom from God is so different from the wisdom of this earth, and, and it's, it's willing to be entreated. In other words, it, it's willing to hear the other side of the story. Yeah, and that's an important that's an important quality. The Book of Proverbs talks about it as well. That we that you know, if you want to be a fool, only listen to one side of the story. Right. If you want to be wise, you've got to listen to a multitude of voices. To both sides. Well, you know, one of the voices on my Facebook is asking a question. And I'm going to have you answered on the other side of the break. But here's Linda's question: Is it racist to want to enforce the laws of our country? Uh, and one of those laws and one of those uh, amendments that she stands firmly on is the Second Amendment with guns. She has a lot of them, and what's wrong with it? So when we come back from the break, is, does she have, is, is she racist just because she wants to enforce the laws of our country? We'll be right back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. That's another great way for you to connect and follow the good doc. Have you been hurt? 
cheated on, lied to, or unfairly treated by others? Do you have a difficult time forgiving others or extending grace? Then you have to purchase my brand new book, I For Grace You. In bookstores now and on Amazon.com, I For Grace You, doing good to those who've hurt you. You will be freed from anger, bitterness, resentment, and guilt. I For Grace You by Dr. David Anderson. That's me. Go to Amazon.com. I For Grace You. Get freed up today. Have you ever walked into your basement and there was that smell? You weren't quite sure what it was. Mold, mildew, cracks, or blistered paint in your walls? Well, listen, you need to call Best Buy Waterproofing. They'll come by, give you a free inspection, and they'll let you know, is it water wreaking havoc on the foundation of your home? They have more than 30 years of experience, and they're ready to give you and all my listeners a free basement inspection. All you got to do is give them a call, 844-980-3707. One more time, here's the number, 844-980-3707, or check them out at bestbuywaterproofing.com. And by the way, if you do business with them, they'll donate $500 to support my radio ministry. So give them a call, Best Buy Waterproof. Hi, my name is Attorney James McCollum, and my firm practices in the area of employment law. I've practiced employment law since 1988. I've represented many persons in federal and state courts and administrative agencies. Employment law is complex, and whatever your issue, we know that it is important to you. We'd be honored and privileged to serve you. Let McCollum and Associates work for you. Call us at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. back it's real talk with dr david anderson you're just joining us we still have 15 minutes together with brian mclaren we've been talking about uh, dr martin luther king's legacy and really what issues would he be behind today and and 50 years ago he was assassinated and he was kind of hated uh, but now we kind of see the light and say you know what he he was fighting for for a whole lot of people and uh, Brian McLaren it was a pastor uh, for many years. In fact, I have to tell you, he was one of the first, if not the first pastor, to welcome me when I came to this community with a dream to start a multicultural church. I was 25 years old, and uh, Brian was there to, to welcome me. And do you even remember that, Brian? I do. I, <laughs> I remember how I heard about you coming to town and how great it was to meet you. And what a beautiful vision you had and how beautifully that vision has come to, to reality. Well, God has been so gracious to us, and you have been so gracious to welcome me. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the work you have done. But, you know, Brian, you've taken you've taken some hits yourself. Uh, some would have even said that you are a heretic. I know you've heard that word before. What's that about? I guess the whole emerging well, church thing? What, what is that about? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, there are so many dimensions to that. You know, one definition of a heretic is a heretic is is a person that your religious group doesn't approve of. So Jesus <laughs> was a heretic to the Pharisees. Paul was a heretic to the Judaizers. You know, Martin Luther was a heretic to uh, the Pope. Uh, so I you guess know, you're in good company. Ways that, <laughs> all kinds of ways that that works. But uh, uh, I, I think uh, a, a big part of my life has really goes back to that story I told earlier, 
when I realized how wrong that my grandfather, who I loved and respected, and I love and respect now in his memory, mm-hmm. uh, but when I realized how wrong he could be, and he was just reflecting the way millions and millions of people thought, mm. uh, it, it made me realize that just because you're part of you know, the Christian religion or this or that movement within the Christian religion doesn't give you a shortcut to being right, and it means that we've got to think and challenge uh, conventional ideas sometimes. And mm. I, I've tried to, I've tried to not be afraid to do that. And, uh, Courageously. So, you know, that, <laughs> well, it goes, it goes with the territory. And, and uh, as, as you know, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Well, on my Facebook page, so Linda asked the question, is it wrong? Am I racist? Just because I want to make sure we support all of our laws. How do you respond to that as a white woman asking that question? Yeah. So it's a really great question. I, I just am, am so grateful that question was asked because it, it, it's a great day to ask that question. Mm. Um, you know, when I was uh, a kid, when I was born, there were segregation laws. Mm. And what some people had the courage to do, Dr. King was among them. It, for example, it, there would be whites-only counters to buy a sandwich at right. a restaurant. And, and if, people, if people of color went and sat down at that counter, they were breaking the law. And um, uh, and it seems to me there are times when you have to say certain laws are unjust, mm-hmm. and we have to we have to uh, obey God rather than man. That's mm. what Paul said. That's what you know Jesus made clear. And so there are times where we have to say a law. We believe that a law is unjust, and we're willing to suffer the consequences for not obeying it. Mm. I have a suspicion though, that that question might have been asked about immigration. Mm. and uh, Because I hear that line a lot when people ask right. about immigration. They're breaking the and, law. Um, that's right. And, and here is one of the interesting challenges. When people immediately say that, I'm going to guess they have never actually met uh, people who are in the category of immigrants, you know, uh, mm. who aren't here legally. And mm. I've met a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And when you hear their stories, you find out these aren't free. Li- like these are some of the hardest working people you'll ever meet. Right. Um, and when when you hear their story, uh, all I'll say is it, it, uh, to make that judgment and then be somewhat callous and careless and not even understand that even people who've done illegal things have a human rights and should be treated with basic dignity. Um, you know, it, you're, you're, you're missing out on a deeper wisdom, I think, when you mm. refuse to hear their story. It might be worth remembering that the first white people who came here were illegal, were illegal aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the native, the native peoples had not issued them visas and had not invited and welcomed them to come. Right, so right. This, this nation has a history of that. Now, I'm also aware that we need sensible immigration laws, and if we have a law, it should be enforced, and if it's a bad law, it should be changed. Mm. And so. Um, when people, I, I heard the president say the other day that a lot of people uh, like me uh, don't care about uh, our country and don't care about immigration. No, we just want there to be fair and safe laws, and we want the people, we want people to be treated fairly. Um, so that, that's to me a very Christian thing to do. You care about the law, but you're aware that the law isn't always the same as justice. Huh. Sometimes you have to put justice above the law. That's what Dr. King. Uh, lived he, it, through it was actually a, a Christian theological concept called Christian nonviolent resistance, and uh, sometimes that's that's necessary. Well, there are some laws that are unjust, uh, and I think it takes prophets like you and King and others to remind us of what 
an unjust law looks like because we may be caught we may be caught on the other side of an unjust law one day and what are you going to do right. then you know right now you're if you're an evangelical everything seems cool but man we're we're upset if you take those 10 commandments out of the you know a, a school or a prayer out of school or or something like that that we feel passionate about if one day they come and say you're you're no longer tax exempt we want you to pay taxes all of a sudden you're going to see a whole lot of evangelicals rising up talking about this is unjust you know and exactly right. and, and of course the scriptures say nothing about whether you should get a tax break because you're a church or not you know what i mean but how many pastors and churches are going to jump up and talk about how evil America is because uh, they want churches to pay taxes? So I think if you're just caught on the other end of a of a, a law that doesn't favor you, then all of a sudden you want to sort of uh, label it as as unjust. But at the end of the day, it's really dealing with how we care for people. Do you think that Dr. Martin Luther King would have been on the forefront of the immigration battle right now? Uh, well, I, I'm quite sure he would have because he believed that all people have dignity because they're created in the image of God. Mm. And uh, and if you, you know, even if people have done something illegal, they deserve to be treated with dignity. Mm. And one of the great problems in our country is that our laws often are enforced, are, are written and enforced in ways that show uh, racial bias. That's right. So, for example, uh, just I think it was just yesterday the first person was convicted uh, for lying to uh, uh, the, uh, Special the prosecutor and the, the investigation, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and he's going to spend a few months in jail. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, a woman, uh, an African American woman, uh, who had been in prison, got out of prison, and voted in the last election. Nobody told her that because she had a felony conviction, she was not allowed to vote. She didn't know that. She voted. She's going to spend five years in, in <laughs> prison. She, at least that's what she's condemned to now. Right. And if anyone studies the issue, if people have never read about this, I encourage them to go online and look up the term mass incarceration. Yeah. They could read uh, a book called The New Jim Crow. Yeah. And when you start to pay attention to the way that our government is currently working, uh, it makes you realize – We've got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, who you knew know, who, who knew of uh, affluenza? I'm so affluent, I just didn't know the difference. <laughs> I mean, who heard of this? That's, right. That's so, right. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We have mass incarceration with uh, Michelle Alexander, and that book is a great it's a great book to actually uh, dive into. You're absolutely right. The new Jim Crow. So what is our hope as we turn the corner? we got another couple minutes. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back from the break, we got to land the plane. But as we think about Dr. King, as we think about his dream, uh, do you think the dream has been realized? Do you think we still have hope? And how do we help people move forward even as we look at uh, the next uh, you know, election or two? Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, people often say, who's the Dr. King today? And if we have anyone close to that, the one that comes to my mind is Reverend William Barber. Mm. Um, but I think Dr. King would say no one person can replace him. We all have to take up our role. And that's what William Barber says. He says, mm. if someone is slain in the cause of doing good, he says, you don't just put up a monument and put it uh, out of dander on it. He says, you go and from a pool of blood, you pick up the baton and you continue the race. Mm. And I think that's that's the proper way. It's the way we want to honor Jesus. You know, Jesus mm. said, 
well, I want uh, when I'm gone, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Mm. This will be the mark, your love. Mm. And, uh, and I think this is the way that any great leader, we honor them hey. is by continuing their work. Taking up that cross and following him. We're coming back in just three minutes. You've been listening in on a conversation between me and Brian McLaren. When we come back, we're going to land the plane. Don't you go anywhere. Have you been thinking about a private Christian education for your kids centered around biblical principles in an environment where individualized learning is emphasized? Think you can't afford it? You can. Highland Park Christian Academy in Landover, Maryland is a qualified and certified Christian school offering a first-rate education at a reasonable price. We teach pre-K through eighth grade with before and after care provided. Financial incentives are available for families with multiple children and active military. Half-off tuition is also available for new students to Highland Park Christian Academy through WAVA. Give your child strong academic skills, diverse learning experiences, and good character development with teachers that are sensitive to the needs of each child. Highland Park Christian Academy is known as the diamond on the hill. Find out why. The education you want for your kids is now within your reach. Call 301-773-4079. That's 301-773-4079. Or visit hpchristianacademy.org. Once again, for more information, 301-773-4079 or hpchristianacademy.org. From LD Entertainment comes the miracle season. Without their star player, West Volleyball suffered another defeat. After the tragic death of volleyball star Caroline Found, West High School's remaining team players must work together in hope of winning the state championship. I told you to win for a line. If we want to show how much we miss her, we should just play with joy. Based on the inspiring true story. Time to take him down. The miracle season. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested in theaters Friday. More information is available at miracleseason.movie. Hey, I'm Brant. Maybe you've heard me talking about MediShare, but now I give you my friend Sherry. Yes, I have loved MediShare. Loved it. Is that all you have to say? Because this will be a really short. <laughs> no, I really do love it. I've saved hundreds a month. And overall, I just think it's a better choice of a health care program for me. I'm really happy with it. And honestly, normally, I don't even like talking about this stuff. Nobody does. But MediShare is different. MediShare members share each other's health care bills. We pray for each other. It's a not-for-profit, so we all save money. True. Tell them about the thing. What too, thing? The online thing. Oh, yeah. I used that the other night. MediShare members can now access a doctor online 24-7. You can get a prescription for the flu or something just that fast. So MediShare can save you hundreds a month. You get to be part of the community. You get a huge network of doctors and providers to choose from. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. The final verdict from Jerry. So call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Comedian Jeff Allen is coming to Grace Church on Saturday, April 14th. Get your tickets at WAVA.com. Keyword laugh. We got one of those select comfort mattresses. Each side's got their own number. So my number is like 100. Hers is like number one. She sits in it and she sinks all the way to the floor. And the mattress wraps around her like a flour tortilla. First night I rolled over to kiss her goodnight. I fell into this ditch. I couldn't get out. And she's laying there going, get off me. Join comedian Jeff Allen at Grace Church Saturday, April 14th. Get your tickets right now at WAVA.com. Keyword laugh. And we're back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Brian McLaren, prolific author, speaker, and activist. Used to be a pastor, and now he's writing all these books and trying to stimulate our minds so that we can live 
this new kind of Christianity. Brian, can you tell us what that means, a new kind of Christianity? <laughs> well, uh, you know, one way that's very relevant to what we're talking about today uh, is uh, there's the kind of Christianity that was uh, lived by the slaveholders, mm. and there was the kind of Christianity that was lived by the slaves seeking to be free. Mm. And uh, I, I think uh, I think there's a whole lot of reason for us to question slaveholder religion and say that that old kind of Christianity that has not been adequately addressed uh, in our culture that we leave that behind, that we hmm. move into a different way of being Christian. The same thing goes in the way we treat the planet. There's an old kind of Christianity that justified destroying the planet, forgetting that in the book of Genesis, human beings are tasked with caring for creation, not abusing it, not exploiting it, hmm. but uh, ex exercising responsible care for it. And the same thing goes with, uh, on many other levels, how we treat how we treat people of other religions, you know, that, that I think as a Christian, I'm called to love my neighbor, whether that's my Muslim neighbor, my Buddhist mm -hmm. neighbor, my Jewish neighbor, my atheist neighbor. And I think a new kind of Christianity is trying to move forward in those ways and, and, and just continue the process of growing in, in, the, in the ways of, of Christ. You know, when we talk about loving our neighbors, we do make it individual, and I'm sure Jesus did too, you know, when he talks about loving your neighbor, anyone could be your neighbor. But I wonder on a national level if that would also be true for your neighboring countries. <laughs> That's really interesting, isn't it? Well, you know, you can make a case, you can make a case David, that that's what happens to the prophets. Yeah. After the exodus, uh, the Jewish people enter the promised land, and then they keep having their poor and desperate neighbors come in at either as immigrants or as invading armies and mm. trying to steal their milk and honey. And so Isaiah and the other prophets give them a vision. It's not the vision of us being in control of everybody or us shutting everybody out. It's a vision that all of our neighbors will, everyone can sit under his vine and fig tree, and no mm. one will have to be afraid. Wow. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that vision of the prophets. And what would that do for the light of Christ if that's, you know, if we were more like uh, come to us, here we are, let's, let's show you the love of Jesus. I wonder what that would be like hey well listen my friend i'm just so grateful to be able to have conversation to share space and uh intellect with you thank you for the good work you're doing one last thing before we go 30 seconds how is it living among a lot of rich white people as a white man with this kind of theology what's going on with you down there in florida <laughs> uh, well i i i live on the poor part of town among a whole lot of rich people but i spend a lot of my time working with uh, migrant farm workers something called Coalition of Immokalee Workers. And, Look at that. Uh, and I don't think I could keep my sanity if I weren't uh, engaged there. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, you're living like Jesus, that's for sure. God bless you. I love you. Thank God for you, okay? You too, my brother. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the joy you give us in having stimulating conversation. Agree, disagree, learn. Take us to another level, Lord, where we understand you better and understand one another better. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.